It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to our Fox Sports USFL 2022 coaching series. And today I'm very pleased to talk with Mike Riley, head coach in New Jersey Generals. And we talk about, wow, he's had such a hell of a career. He played at Alabama. He tells stories about playing for Coach Bryant. He tells my favorite story about having not one, but two opportunities to coach Tom Brady and perhaps being the first person to recognize the kind of quarterback he could be. And we talk a little bit about what he has learned from his New Jersey Generals team and what he expects from his own quarterback, Luis Perez, who has just joined the team here recently, and how excited he is to be one of the two teams that kicks off the 2022 USFL season. Let's talk to Coach Riley. I'm pleased to be joined with our final coach in the USFL Fox Sports 2022 coaching interview series. That is New Jersey General Head Coach Mike Riley. Coach, how are you doing? RJ, I'm doing great. Great to be with you. Right on, man. So I want to start with this. After coaching FBS, FCS, D3, winning two Grey Cups, I mean, you've been all over in your career, what made you want to coach in the United States Football League? Well, you know, I, I've enjoyed every stop, RJ. And, you know, at, at one point when I was approached about this, um, I guess sometime last fall, I was really excited to get the opportunity to do it again. And uh, I feel good, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, I guess if the circumstances are right with the family, and I'm still capable of doing it. I would love, you know, I decided I would love to do it again. So here I am in Birmingham, which is a perfect fit for me. I went to school down near here and my wife is from Birmingham. So a lot of positives for me, but really being with the team and getting to coach football was my prime motivation. I should mention that we are all in Birmingham at a hotel here. And it's been really fun for me to see all of the players in one place. Everybody seems to be getting along. And this mm -hmm. unique situation with you guys kicking off the season on April 16th, a day at your stomping ground, the University of Alabama. How does it feel to be the first game that's going to get played in this league? You know, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm really, I'm really proud to be able to be a part of that uh, first game of the USFL. Um, you know, I was thinking I'm going to tell that kickoff team or that kickoff return team. This is the, the not only the, the first game of a new season, it's the first game of a first play of a new league and a pretty exciting moment that somebody's going to get to run down on the kickoff or be on the kickoff return. And, and then just for our team to play that first game is pretty special. And, 
And, uh, you know, I think it's great that it's the hometown Birmingham team that's that's part of it. And the generals are going to be uh, proud to play in this game. I want to talk a bit about your background, Coach, particularly uh, going back to your days at USC. Mm-hmm. And I learned this story about how, how you might have had not one, but two cracks at Tom Brady. The first one taking place at USC. Can you tell us this story? Yes, it, it's uh, it's kind of fun, actually. And, and uh, I'm very appreciative of being a, being uh, a part of all that back then. You know, I was uh, responsible, uh, given the, the kind of the job of recruiting the Bay Area by uh, Coach Robinson, John Robinson at USC. So so I got started up there and through time, you know, I saw a, a quarterback that I really liked from Sarah High School, uh, Tom Brady. And so we started the recruiting process. And, you know, the the as, as the story goes, I felt real good about. Uh, Tom's interest in USC, uh, the fact he had visited, I think, numerous times while, you know, unofficially while we were in the recruiting process. I'd been to his home. You know, I'd scouted a game. You know, I'd been through that whole process and felt real good about it. Um, and, you know, when, but when you're in college football, you are recruiting multiple players at each position. And there are only so many slots for each position, you know, in the recruiting process. So, you know, we, I, I just made a home visit with Tom and his family. I had uh, uh, headed back to the campus. RJ, this is before cell phone days. So I didn't have any, you know, ongoing communication with the, with the home team back, at, uh, back in Los Angeles. So I go back, go to the office. I'd just been back uh, from the visit with, with Tom and walked in and was telling coach Robinson about the visit. And he said, well, we just got a commitment from another quarterback from Chicago. We don't have room for Brady. (laughs) And of course I'd probably spent a year and a half on this deal. I was really uh, surprised and disappointed. And that was opportunity number one um, to, to maybe get a chance to coach Tom. So the second opportunity comes a couple of years, or a couple, maybe seven years later, to the head coach, the San Diego Chargers, and you wanted to draft him. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly right. You know, it was it was kind of funny. We we ran into each other at the, I think at the Senior Bowl or one of the All Star games, and we and we laughed about it. And as we were, you know, evaluating quarterbacks, we had the intention of you know bring, bringing a young guy in, in a development stage. So we weren't going to take a quarterback in the first or second round, but we were going to take one at some point. And I kind of charged the rest of the staff with, you know, helping research that guy that's out there that we might want to draft as that guy to, to bring along in the organization. And, you know, long story short, through a consensus of the work that we did, we, as a coaching staff, uh, picked Tom Brady again. So it's just ironic how that came up. I was excited about it. You know, he had, he had, I think his last game at Michigan, he threw for 400 yards uh, against Alabama, I think in the orange bowl. So, you know, he had, he'd had some production and, and of course I knew the person, which is so important in the draft. And then as it turned out, you know, the, the draft 
drafting people in a lot of places has a lot of opinions. And so as it turned out, another guy by the, by the chargers was selected for our, our developmental quarterback. And, and then, uh, early on in his starting days at, at new England, we had to, we had to face him right off the bat in, uh, in new England for, for, for a game that was a big one for us early. I think we were three and one, they might've been one and three. He had just started maybe one other game and, he took his team, the Patriots, back on uh, two scoring drives. We were ahead two scores in the fourth quarter. He took them on two scoring drives, tied us up, and then took his team down and won in overtime. So that's that was my experience with recruiting and the possible draft and then playing against Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, Coach, I, I just got to say, you identified the greatest player of all time in high school. And again, in the NFL, this speaks to not just your talent evaluation, but how much football you've seen. I got to say, when I talk about you to other folks, one of the things that comes up is just what a remarkable quarterbacks coach you are and what you need to see from other guys to make them think that, hey, you can go do this. So I'm asking you, what are the traits that maybe not with Tom Brady, who is singular, yeah. but among quarterbacks that you look for? Well, I think I think. Uh... You know, one of the, one of the common denominators, I I think, in 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 a quarterback being good is probably just his his ability to have uh, uh, poise in playing the game. You know, that there's a quality hard to describe where some guys the game just appears slower than other guys. They kind of see things better. They kind of have that innate deal of of being able to picture a pass pattern. Uh, with the defense that's being played and what they need to do with the ball and how quickly and efficiently efficiently they can do that with the football. And, and um, you know, there are those, there are guys that in my life that have stood out like, like that, you know, I've been blessed with good quarterbacks uh, almost all the way through, through my career. And that is definitely one of the attributes that's hard to put a name on it, but you can sure know it when you, when you see it. The other thing is I like guys that are really kind of natural throwers out. That's what struck me with Tom Brady in high school. He just naturally threw the football. It didn't look like there was, there was anything hard about it to him. There was an efficiency of movement that was, that was special. And those guys that can kind of naturally throw and naturally move and throw, you know, even if they're not runners, uh, I think it, it's one of the things I look for, just how easily the guy can get the football, can get back and get the football out of his hands. You have a couple of those guys on your roster right now that piqued my interest, one of them being Luis Perez, who was a late addition to your team. Right. How has he looked to you? Because I know what his what his CV is, and it's it's really inspiring. Yeah, I I've I've uh, watched Luis Perez play for a few years now. I first came in contact with him uh, when I was in the AAF, and we were coaching in San Antonio, and we did quite an extensive. Uh, pro we went through an extensive process of looking at the quarterbacks for that league, and he was one of the guys that. You know, since, since since we had a territorial uh, pick, you know, he was a you know, it played in Texas. So he was kind of one that we looked at closely. We might pick him for our guy. 
And so I, and through that, I got to know him a little bit, very interesting story. You know, he, I don't think he played quarterback in high school. Then, then he said he, he taught himself to play quarterback watching YouTube videos. Then he went to junior college and quarterback the championship team. Then he went to Texas commerce and quarterback the championship team. And then he got in, in our leagues. He's been to NFL camps, had a lot of experience playing the position. I know he loves football. It's important to him. So I've learned this all about him through kind of watching him play and talking to him through the years. We actually communicated quite a bit before the draft this year to see, you know, if, if there was a possibility that we might pick him in the draft. And then as we got going, you know, I, and I looked at our team, I thought that Luis Perez would help our team. And even though we didn't have him, nobody else had selected him. I know everybody else looked at him real hard. You know, I knew that he could help us, so I wanted to get him here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I've been looking at your, your roster, Coach. I'm, I'm kind of struck by the guys that you were able to select, uh, including guys like Ohio State running back Mike Weber. But one of the things mm-hmm. that I thought was really interesting was the dynamic between you and particularly Coach Wilson, Kirby Wilson. I got to sit with him, as you know, for a second day of his draft, and you were popping in going, you taking all of the San Jose State guys, all, yeah. all of them? And it felt like you guys have had a rapport. And Wilson told me you were his first professional football coach. And I wanted to know, like, yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? Yeah. Isn't that a great story? I was so excited to see that Kirby was selected as a head coach in the USFL. I did not know until our first meeting. You know, I really, really enjoyed working with, with Kirby back in the day uh, when he was playing and I was coaching the secondary back in Winnipeg. It was what a great person to coach. Love football, brought a special enthusiasm to football. Like I know he's doing with his team, the Maulers, he's bringing a special enthusiasm to that group. Uh, he's got now great, great experience in coaching. Really, really excited for him, proud of him. And, uh, you know, we have been kind of teamed together to share practice fields, share buses, share the meeting rooms. And so it's been fun to get back together with him, communicate with him all the time and basically work with him in making the, the USFL go. So, Coach, you played – quarterback in high school and you end up playing defensive back for the bear at Alabama. How did that happen? This is a good story. I, I was an Alabama fan from the beginning. My dad grew up in Alabama. He ended up being the only Riley that really left Alabama for an extended period of time. And he became, you know, he was a coach and he ended up on the West coast. And so I grew up there, but I was a big time fan. I was, you know, back, back from the beginning of, Coach Bryant's start there with, you know, the national championship team with Pat Trammell. And then he had Joe Namath and he had Kenny Stabler and Steve Sloan and just a string of great quarterbacks, great teams. And I, I wanted to be a part of that. I wrote Coach Bryant from the time I was a sophomore in high school. I wrote him letters all the time about wanting to come to Alabama. 
And I was a left-handed quarterback and I was going to Alabama to be the next Kenny Stabler. That was what, that's what I had in mind. And uh, so when, when, uh, when I, I finally, I was going to Vanderbilt because I didn't have an offer from Alabama. And at the very end, I got an offer from coach Bryant. And so I ended up getting the chance to go to school in Tuscaloosa and I went down there and there were seven, we had seven freshman quarterbacks. <laughs> and, and so the room was full and in one, in one week, four of us were defensive backs. And then when we, when we looked around later, when we looked around later in our life at Alabama, every safety and strong safety at Alabama was a high school quarterback. So there was a plan by coach Bryant and the coaching staff that that's the kind of guy they wanted to be safety or, or a strong safety uh, for their defense. And so, you know, and, and uh, that was, that was my week long try or, or opportunity to be the next Kenny Stabler. But boy, did I really appreciate my experience at Alabama. Uh, you know, the, just being in that program, getting to play for coach Bryant, uh, the tremendous people I met, it, it was, it was just, I'm so thankful uh, for that time. Well, that leads me into my next question about that time. What, if anything, and I'm sure there was, did you take from coach Bryant that you use even today? You know, RJ, I think there's, there's so many things that he did in coaching that should be emulated by other coaches. But the one thing I would tell you that I appreciated is that, you know, first of all, I was not a great player at Alabama. I was just one of the guys, but I was never meant to feel like that. He made everybody feel important on that team. He, he helped everybody have tremendous pride in being in the program and helping the team. He was always very, very team oriented and every guy on the team was important to him. Even the guys like me that weren't the great players in that when we had, and we had great players in that program, but you know, the, so the thing I, I brought from that is in my programs that I've had, I want every player to feel like I did, you know, that they're important to the team. When they walk into that locker room, that's their home. They feel comfortable. They feel welcome. They feel uh, excited to be a part of the program because of the way that they're treated. So that's what, what, how Coach Bryant treated me as a guy that was just a guy on the team, not a great player. I wanted every guy in my program to feel like that. Last question I have for you, Coach, is about your own father and what he was able to do at Oregon State. I mentioned it to you on the way yeah. up reading up about those giant killers and in particular the game against USC where you win three zero and OJ Simpson still rushes for over 180 yards. Do you have any <laughs> recollection of that game? Oh yeah. I remember sitting in the stands with my mom, rainy day in Corvallis and what a bit, what a big deal for Corvallis to have OJ Simpson and the Trojans coming into town, John McKay. I mean, it was big and the Oregon state had a good team. And my dad at that time was a defensive coordinator. So you know, the memory of that game, OJ just running all over the place, but Oregon State containing him, you know, making making plays so he didn't score. And, you know, Oregon State actually moving the ball pretty well, but SC's defense hard. So Oregon State got, got the one field goal, held SC to zero points. Jess Lewis 
who's become a friend of mine through the years, makes a great kind of touchdown saving tackle, a defensive tackle, making a touchdown saving tackle, pursuing OJ. I mean, all those, those great stories out of that game. And, uh, you know, it was really, really fun as a kid to grow up in a small town where your dad's coaching at the college um, and getting to be a part of all that. That was really, really special. And my dad was the the biggest major only influence on me being a coach. I mean, as a matter of fact, I grew up when my dad was coaching in high school. I grew up in the locker room. I never really thought that there was anything else for me to do. He was a high school history teacher and coached football, basketball, baseball. That's what I was going to do. I, I didn't ever think of anything else. I knew what I was going to major in. I knew what I wanted to do. And there's two things about my, my dad that I think uh, really hit home with me all the time. And one of them was he loved football. I mean, he was, he, he really studied the film and, and spent a lot of time with the game. And the other thing is, you know, and this just, we just captured this around the dining room table. He loved his players. I mean, he talked about his players while we were eating dinner, like he's talking about his kids. And I think that that all just rubbed off on me that this coaching deal sounds pretty neat. You know, if you, if you like the game and you enjoy the relationships that are built within a team, this can be a pretty special place. And, uh, so, like I said, that was my only biggest influence on becoming a football coach. Wow. United States Football League, New Jersey Generals head coach, Mike Riley. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. It's been fun. It has been fun, RJ. Thank you for your time.